I'm gonna, I got a message here today that God's been working on me for a couple weeks, actually. Uh, and it's, we're going to be starting, actually, that's, a, that's an announcement, too. We're going to be starting more into um, the discipleship thing we've talked about. We're going to be bringing more of those topics back up um, here in the near future. Uh, this is, a, I guess, precursor to that. Leslie had one last week that was really, really good. Um, and we're going to go into more, more of that as we narrow things down. What, who's going to talk about what? So maybe the Holy Spirit talked to some of you all today about what you're going to say. <laughs> but <clears throat> I'll just start at the beginning. I know someone else is going to talk about Genesis and all that stuff later and more. And more but I just thought how this came together really quick was, was neat to me. Um, in Genesis, God created in the beginning, created heaven and earth, the light in the day, the waters, the dry land. The plants that reproduce, the solar systems. He put, says he put the lights in the sky like a big clock, which is amazing to me that he had to make millions of stars and all this kind of stuff just to make a big clock. <laughs> um, and we still can't get to church on time. <laughs> but <laughs> i just throw that out there. <laughs> uh, stuff happens. But anyways, he created the waters of creatures, and God said it was all good, and he gave mankind the, the rule over it. Um, that part, I can go to that and read that about any time because just of how amazing God is. How uh, we talk about our shortcomings so much. He has none. None. And He is our source. And that's just something I like to remind myself of quite a little bit. And it goes on, it says, God made Adam from the dust, put him in the garden, told him to take care of everything. Um, and among those things was... Uh, the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And this is where I wanted to kind of look at the tree of knowledge of good and evil. We know this is where sin started. Um, he told him this one thing he couldn't have. And disobedience basically for the sake of being right or being smarter, gaining knowledge, gaining wisdom, started the whole process of sin. Kind of a selfish desire for us to be superior than we already are. I mean, Adam was made in God's image. We are too. There was nothing superior to him on the earth because he was told to rule it. But yet he, he wanted that little bit more. And it, it comes down to sometimes we want to be right. And it, what, it, what I think is funny is how this same thing is still going on. The knowledge of good and evil still trips us up all the time. We want to be right. So I've looked up this story um, of David and his big brother in uh, 1 Samuel 17. So I won't read through all of it, but basically David, or um, this is the story of David and Goliath. The army is there and Goliath is out there every day shouting insults at the army. And David is told by his dad to bring bread and supplies to his brothers who are at the front. Um, <clears throat> so D David's big brother's name is Eliab which is kind of a cool name in all the names of the Bible because I can actually pronounce it pretty good um, <laughs> but I'll read what, what David comes and he shows up at the battlefront and um, his big brother sees him and I'll read that verse 28 of 1 Samuel 17 it says when Eliab David's oldest brother heard him speaking with some men he burned with anger and with him and asked, Why have you come down here? To whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? 
I know how conceited you are and wicked your heart is. You only came down to watch the battle. So we know the story is about David and Goliath. Eliab is trying to pick a fight with David right here. How many times, and this is if you're married, just look straight ahead. How many times do you find out you're fighting with someone, you're fighting with someone who you're actually wanting to be fighting for? So many times. We find ourselves doing that. I mean, if it was me and Damon would have said that to me, I probably would have took the bread, rubbed it through my armpit a few times, and there's your bread, dummy. You know, his dad told me to come and do this. This is why I'm here, and we probably would have ended up fighting. That's, that's what would have happened if I was there. <laughs> it would have been a completely different story. But the whole thing that would have been going on here with us fighting would have been completely distracted of what the giant was going on over here. Totally missed the point because of the distraction of wanting to be right and wanting to be superior, wanting to argue or fight with the wrong person. Um, in fact, to, today even... It's not just husband and wife to do this. It's sister and sister and brother and sister. They can fight over the smallest thing. This is what I can come to the conclusion. Sometimes I think it's because we have this huge giant problem over here or situation, and we end up thinking, well, I can win this one. So I, so I pick the fight with this one, ignoring that there's a bigger fight that I have victory over if I want it, but I try and control this with the knowledge that I do have. And I think that's where we end up there sometimes, but it is a big distraction. It's a distraction from fighting the real enemy, and we end up fighting with the one we want to fight for. And uh, believe it or not, the people that are in our circle of influence, we want to fight for them, not against them. We're not fighting. They're not enemies at all. And that's something that's really, really hard to get over because sometimes you, you want to fight them. <laughs> Because it, well, cause you are, sometimes you are smarter than them. That's just the way it is. But, but they can't see it, so you start a fight. But anyways, um, if you're kind of still blaming other people for things and situations in your life, you may be distracted at the moment. You may not be looking at the real giant. You may not be looking at the real problem of what you're doing. But David does something. He had it down. In verse 28, basically he kind of just throws an insult at his brother just so his brother knows he's not a punk and he turns and faces the other way and asks somebody else he just says can I even speak and then he goes to somebody else and asks him the same question what's going on here and to me David did it right he didn't get distracted by the fight by the, the draw in to try and be superior to his brother because he knew that he, even though his brother was mad at him didn't like him he was supposed to be fighting for him and not against him. Um, and when he did that, it positioned him in a place where he could see who the real enemy was. And by doing, and, and what, I think the way David has done this is he talks to, basically, everyone talks to themselves. Everybody does. Um, and what we need to do sometimes is be preaching to ourselves rather than talking to ourselves. Amen. Um, in fact, I was thinking about this. If you, if you were to write down, or like Leslie transcribes, if you were to transcribe everything that you said to yourself throughout a day, 
if someone else said those same things to you, there would be a fight. <laughs> you wouldn't take that kind of abuse from someone, else, from someone else that you take from yourself. And what David did differently is he would preach to himself. He would get out of his head and get into what God has told him about himself. Um, what comes from the meditations of our heart, what we think about. It's kind of a loop, how we think about what goes on during the day um, to come to the end of the day. If we start, if the loop of what we're thinking, how we think, if it starts with ourself, it'll end up at the end of the day one of two places, either scarcity or shame is where we'll end up at the end of the day. If we start listening just to ourselves and take our own advice. Um, so let's go, um, let's go back to David real quick. He's now, he's kind of blown off his brother, and he's before Saul. In 1 Samuel 17, 32 through 36. I'll go ahead and read that. Um, David said to Saul, Don't lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go forth and fight him. Saul replied, You're not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You're only a young boy. And he has been a warrior since his youth. David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off the sheep from the flock, he went after, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. And when it turned on me, I seized it by the hair and struck and killed it. So David's laying out his resume before Saul about how this giant's going to go down because he's opposed to the will of God, opposed to the purposes of God. And Saul says, you can't do it because you're only a young boy. And in this sermon that we're giving to ourselves on a daily basis, if we start with ourselves and end up depleted at the end of the day, how many times have we told yourself you're only you can't do this because you're only this. And you can kind of fill in the blank. It, like, if only I had more talent, more giftings, if I was smarter. Um, you can fill in the blank of what your only is that talks you out of following what God has for you or defeating the giant in your life. There's always something that we are only that puts ourselves down that way. Um, How many things, and this is something to really think about, how many things in your life have, uh, have you not accomplished or not done because you're thinking about of what I am only or what I'm depleted of? Um, what it causes is Christians completely saved, completely redeemed, to be walking around in defeat all the time. Walking around... Um, saying, boy, I wish I could be like that pastor. He's really got it going on. Or that evangelist, look at how many people has come to the Lord from him. And we walk around in defeat because of what's in our brain, what we've been feeding ourselves, of what deficiencies. That's that Bill, what's his name, that, that preacher that Bill that uh, Glenn likes. Oh, Bill Johnson, yeah, you're talking about this morning. He talks about how this, a lot of Christians have a lifetime subscription to issues. <laughs> um, and it seems that way. These issues are defeated. 
by the blood of Jesus, and we, but we carry him around and, and walk around in defeat. We've talked about being disciples here, about making disciples. Uh, if you're a disciple of Christ and you want to reproduce that, do you want to reproduce that defeat? Walk, uh, produce another person who walks around in defeat and deficiency? No. Don't want to do that. This that freedom thing, I, was, I, was, I threw this in here real quick because God told me, the uh, Holy Spirit was telling me about this last night, about how the Holy Spirit will tell you something and you start making up excuses, I'm only this or I'm only that or blah, blah, blah. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will kind of give you something to do and in your first thought it's kind of like, woo, way out there. You're like, I can't do this. This is weird. Some of it's not that way, but some of it is. But he kind of laid it on me last night. It's not a... Because I always call them chores. It's just, God gave me a chore. I got to go do this now. Um, and that's the way my thinking works. But he just kind of laid it on me last night. It's not a chore. It's a freedom. He talks about breaking chains and doing all this stuff and giving us freedom in our lives. It's not a chore to, well, this guy, I've never met him, but Lord wants me to go pray for his shoulder. Lord, that's just weird. I can't do that. I'm, I'm just a mechanic who fixes cars. But it's not just... Those are my excuses. But when Holy Spirit tells you something like that, it's a freedom. It's permission. It's not a chore. I'm going to go do this so God says I'm still good enough. It's a freedom to go and do this because you have the Almighty's permission. Same Almighty who created all the stars. You have His permission now to do this. This should open up doors in our lives that are incredible. That we won't be walking around with defeat. We'll be like, hey, this guy's shoulder got healed today while I was at getting coffee. You know, this is the awesomeness and the freedom. That's what he laid on me last night. I thought it was pretty amazing. He didn't like my chore word. But it's a freedom. It's permission from the Holy Spirit, creator of the universe, to do what he's wanting you to do. Um, David was convinced that if something was opposed to the purposes of God, that it would fall. When he went and gave Saul his resume, he was not... Um, thinking I am only a boy he was thinking this is opposed to God's purpose it's a done deal it's just a matter of walking it out David would preach to himself though in Psalms 103 he said praise the Lord O my soul innermost being all of my innermost being praise his holy name that's what he would walk throughout his day not in oh I just cut that guy off in traffic I'm going to be in you know he would. This is the stuff he would do in Jude one twenty. I used to have that whole book memorized a long time ago, but it's, <laughs> build yourself up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. These are the things that we are doing that we need to start feeding ourselves. The Holy Spirit is the one who we want to listen to what He's preaching in our hearts, not our own excuses and depravities. Um. But when we preach to ourselves, from ourselves, we'll end up in the same scarcity and shame. Um, there was an author who said, one of the number one meditations of our heart, if we stop and slow down just long enough to listen to what we're telling ourselves, is it not enough. Not enough. If I was to ask people if they got enough sleep last night, what would your question, your answer would be? Most days, not enough. Do you have enough money you make on your job? Most people would say not enough. 
I, and I was listening to a preacher about this topic this week, and he said his boy asked him, Dad, is $56,000 a year uh, a lot of money? And his dad said, well, it is, son, until you make it. <laughs> and then it's not enough. The number one meditation that we tell ourselves over and over is it's not enough. Not enough time in the day. I tell myself that all the time. Not enough money. Uh, this is one of the, I think, the devil's favorite sermons that he will give is not enough. He started long ago doing this. In the, when when um, the 5,000 were gathered and there was 5,000 people and then there's women and children and Jesus said to the disciples, let's feed them. And disciples bring him two loaves of bread and, or two fish and five loaves of bread or however way that number went. And their response was what? Not enough. We don't have enough. Because they were trying to do from what they had, from their own selves. But they were standing with the source, Jesus. What if this loop that we have on a daily basis where we start preaching to ourselves started with the source rather than ourselves? What if we started asking the source what we, were to, what we were to do and who we were rather than ourselves? I think it would change tremendously. It would be so much different rather than listening to ourselves because God is more than enough. In every situation, more than enough. He restores. His grace is more than enough. He restores our soul. He brings us out of the, I mean, out of the jaws of hell for what we actually deserve. He is more than enough than what we need. What if we started that way? Started in a new loop? Started in a new cycle? God created the heavens and earth, all that stuff, and put everything in a cycle. And we put ourselves in the cycle of shame and, de and deplete ourselves daily. What if we started in this new loop where we start with the source? Ask Him for it. David, when he, how he did this, um, I'll read Psalms, Psalm 19. I'll probably read the whole thing and then kind of come back to it. So, David is such a good example of this stuff. Start at verse 1. Heavens, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech, they use no words, no sound is heard from them, yet their voice goes into all of the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. It is like a bridegroom coming forth out of the chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes a circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. The law of the God is, the law of God, the Lord is perfect. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteousness. All of 
they are all more precious than gold, than much pure gold, and sweeter than honey. Than, oh, sweeter than honey, the honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned, keeping them there is great reward. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgressions. May the word, words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight. He started this psalm not from himself, but he started in the heavens and started that way and started to worship on down to restore his heart. He In, in heaven, we start out of ourselves, start in heaven with that worship, with that feeding ourselves from that. In heaven, there's, there's not a lack of anything. There's not a lack of what we need for provision. If we could get in this loop where we continually start from there, there will be no lack of provision. There will be no lack of whatever it is we need. There will be no I'm onlys because it will, in heaven, there is no lack of all of these things that we think are lacking. None of it is. Um, it's all right there. The, there's enough patience <laughs> in heaven, enough grace in heaven. Um, in, in Philippians 4.19, it says, God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory, and the source will fill all of our empty places. This is so amazing. If we could get into this, as preaching these things to ourselves rather than listening to the things where we shoot ourselves down all the time. Um, in, in verse, let me see if I... He, he's talking a little bit about the law in this psalm. In fact, this psalm, I guess years ago, they were going to separate it um, at verse 7 because he's talking about the sun, the moon, the stars, and all this stuff, and then he breaks and he talks about the law. And he thought it was two different things. But I think it goes actually well together. He's talking about the law is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making the wise, making wise the simple. He talks about in the beginning how the heavens effortlessly declare the glory of God. They don't even have to have words, but they do it day in and day out, day in and day out, day in and day out. Like this worship service that we had today, how the presence of God is here. What if that was where you lived day in and day out? That's where you started your day with that source. How would it change how your day would go? How that cycle would start? Um, he's talking about how perfect the law is in verse 7. But then he goes on to talk about in 12, who can discern his own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. And this is in Old Testament. They're talking, he's talking about the law. He's, he tries... Um, the best way to say that he's he's stuck in the loop basically in the old testament the law is perfect it would bring peace it would bring all these wonderful things that he wanted in his life but he was stuck because of sin because of sin he would try and reach for it but he couldn't make it he had talks about hidden things in his heart we all have hidden things in our heart even though we can walk a good walk and smile and do all this stuff but there are hidden sins and things in our life that 
In, in, in David's perspective here, they couldn't get past. But what did God do? He broke the cycle and he started a new loop. Paul knew about this. Um, he wrote about it in Romans. Let me look that up real quick. I love this part. I could read that whole thing of Romans 8. It's just You could read it every day. I'm going to start verse 3 just for, the, for this. For the, what the law, this is what Paul is saying, in same long lines as what David was talking about. For the law, what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by sin or the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering so that he condemned sin in the flesh and ordered that the righteousness requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh but according to the spirit that is just beautiful to me what David couldn't reach because of sin we can now reach because of Jesus we can live in the new loop without this ending our day in shame and scarcity depleted being depleted um we don't have to have, I mean, maybe it's just because we know more knowledge these days. The knowledge of good and evil is getting greater. But it seems like there's more mental illnesses now than there ever was. Um, I can see, and I don't know medical nothing, but I know that if I started my day in this type of way, I don't think depression would be a problem with me. And there's probably other things that it would help. Um, I have had depression stuff in my life, and it stinks. I'm telling you what. But if we start in this way our life, and uh, this this cycle of preaching to ourselves from the Holy Spirit instead of ourselves. This is a silent sermon, by the way. I think there was a I had side jazzed about silent sermon um, message because he thought he was going to catch a nap right away on Sunday morning, but. <laughs> Actually, the name of it should have been something like, My Mind is a Big Fat Mess, Help. But silent sermons sound better. Because <laughs> Christ came and redeemed us all and made us acceptable. And he brought the Holy Spirit. He, the Holy Spirit is here. Um, we are completely set free from sin. We don't have to worry about the past. The past, we've talked about that here before. The past, when, it's, when you get redeemed and you're saved, the past is done. You don't want to revisit the past unless God is there to teach you something because He owns it. He redeemed it. He bought it. God started a new loop. And this is the kind of gospel preaching that you can preach to yourself every day. The silent sermon that comes from you is going to make a difference in your life way more than, than me up here or Glenn or Leslie, or even Billy Graham, if he was still alive, he came and preached. He may change your day, but he won't change your life. This silent sermon that you're going to be preaching to yourself on a daily basis from the Holy Spirit is what's going to change your life, it's what's going to change your belief. That uh, chart that Leslie had um, about changing your core of who you are is going to ripple out. You can change your behavior and your values, but you start preaching the, the gospel of no condemnation. Paul wrote up in here, 
Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. No condemnation. What if we got up every day and started talking to ourselves that way about no condemnation? Like if 49ers scored today and you want to shout at the TV. No? What if the Chiefs scored today and you want to shout at the TV? What if we got up and said no condemnation in this way to ourselves and started saying these things to ourselves? We can walk through the day with, with amazing power that the Holy Spirit will bring to us that we have. We have the freedom in, actually. It's, if we start preaching these things out also, we won't be, on a daily basis, in this new loop, we won't be living in our situation anymore. We'll be living in a revelation of what God is telling us on a day-by-day basis. It will completely change how we believe. And as we go forward into um, making disciples, how would that change this? Now we're... Now we can walk in confidence. We're not beat down Christians who are just trying to make it because we're poor me's. We walk in this no condemnation, walking in this power of the Holy Spirit um, and making these disciples. They will, we won't have to so much go and say, well, I need to find three people today and talk to them about Jesus and, and hopefully God will open a door for one of them. I tell you what, there's some mean people right here. No, we can walk around... You know, I mean, who's been there? You know, you want to say, God, I did something for you today, so here I am. That's, I don't think that's what he ever intended. Um, or check off a checklist that, that I did this for you today, and hopefully you show up. But no, he's there already, walking with you in this and giving you these opportunities to, to uh, make disciples. Um living in revelation rather than living by situation. I've seen this on some things and I look at preaching stuff on YouTube and some preachers stand out from others. Some of them just have that touch of evangelism that it makes them a little bit crazy. But I think that if you walked in revelation every day of the Holy Spirit talking to you, I think that you'd probably stand out too. And some of these people that you're thinking, oh boy, should I talk to them? I think they'd be coming to you and saying, how on earth can you be doing this like Glenn, I could tell you, how on earth someone may be working on his truck today or tomorrow or whatever, so how on earth can you be doing this and not be mad and throwing stuff and kicking tires? How can you do that? But I know Glenn will walk in Revelation. In fact, I don't know him the best, but I know that he would probably, being that he has no connections in Mobile, Alabama, and he's got connections all over the world because he was looking for a place to stay, by the time he's done, he'll probably have a connection in Mobile, Alabama, for if he ever breaks down again, he will have a connection there. Because yes. that's just, yes. he does now. See, I thought of that as soon as you said that he didn't have I thought, by the time he leaves, he'll have a connection with somebody there. And his sphere of people will be even bigger. And I don't know how he keeps it straight. And I don't think he does. <laughs> <laughs> but that's part of walking in the Spirit because you will when you need to. Um because he's always in that. But um, in Christ, we have a head coach, which is head coach, not this Mars head, but head coach. Our heads need a coach. We have the Holy Spirit to do that. Um, and I believe that if we can get this in us, that silent sermon from the Holy Spirit, like uh, Elijah, when he was in the cave, and 
running. I mean, he just had a huge victory, and then he ran off because he was scared of a lady. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, he's hiding because he's supposed to hear the word of God. And the winds come, and the, the earthquake comes. It says the wind come and, and broke a mountain. That's a big wind. Earthquakes came. There was fire that came. But when he heard the word of heard the voice of God, it was said in the Hebrew it says a whisper. That's where he heard the word of God. Was in a whisper. That's where we need to go and hear that whisper. That whisper that gave him encouragement that he was not the only one. That there was lots of people like him. That that he would be um, succeeded, and there would be he, he was encouraged by that whisper and took the fear away. And how many could have the fear taken away on a daily basis of the things God wants you to do? I know that's me. And how many want the distractions taken away? That's me too. Because it seems like in our society we get offended super quick, so we're always up in arms as soon as someone says something. Um, maybe it's just me. <laughs> but I'll leave that between you and your silent sermon. But <laughs> as you preach to yourself day by day, in a new loop of God listening to that whisper, listening to that Holy Spirit talking to you on a daily basis, picking you up, showing you the things, how you do have what God needs. You do have the tools. If you're lacking anything, He gives it to you right when you need it. Um, I believe that the, this um, will begin to, and to bubble up these things of rivers of living life flowing out of us. Sometimes it seems like we have a little sprinkler that shoots off once in a while because we've had a Holy Spirit moment or something like that. But I don't know that, at least in my life, that I live in a place where there are rivers of living water flowing all the time. And that's a desire of mine rather than just to have the sprinkler squirt once in a while or hose a little something here after I get out of a service or I hear an epiphany from God. I want that river to be flowing all the time. And I don't think discipling people will be an issue of anything at that time because I think people will come and not just come to church but come to wherever you're at whatever situation or revelation that you're living in they will come to that and you just it'll be such an amazing thing I think it's already happening actually across the world if you read the news that's underneath all the Trump news there's a lot of this already happening I think I think a lot of the big news is a distraction like David trying to start a fight I think Facebook can be a distraction like David, Eliab trying to start a fight with David. If you really look at what God's doing and the revelation that you can live in, if we can get outside of our mind shooting ourselves down, there's amazing things happening across this earth. And I think when all of the distraction, all the Eliabs realize what's going on, it's going to be too late. They're not going to have a clue what happened. Um, <laughs> and I love that. Um, if we can get past the, the, if we can get to where they were, got these rivers of living water flowing through us, and um, we're not so much worried about walking out, we can get out of the walking of the knowledge of good and evil and start walking back in life like we're supposed to, what God intended to begin with. And I think that's the road that we're going down. If you can kind of, I don't know if it's weird or not, but if you kind of look down the road of where the Spirit of God is going, I think that's where we're going as far as a people, as far as God's people. He's taking us from the knowledge of good and evil where we screwed up to begin with and bringing us back to life if we just listen to him. So 
Ready, go. If you're not already there, maybe some of you are, but I am not. <laughs> that is what I have. So I don't know if Leslie, you have anything to add to that or not, but start preaching to yourselves Monday through Friday. Saturday too, I guess so. You don't get a day off. Sorry. <laughs> See? No condemnation in Christ. God.